0: Welcome to episode 34 of the Fasting Well podcast. My guest today is Karen Finn. Karen is a health and fitness coach based in London, and the main focus of her practice is helping women who are going through menopause or who already went through menopause. And most of the time, she helps them use fasting to reduce their symptoms and or improve their health. So we covered a lot of interesting topics, I think, in this episode, including what is menopause? Does fasting help with the symptoms of menopause and which symptoms does it help with and how much? How to approach fasting during or after menopause and how that's different than before menopause. Kind of her step-by-step system for how she helps patients put fasting in practice. Karen also shares some success stories of patients and herself, um, including what types of symptoms they were able to overcome. And it's a long list. Um, How they were able to reduce body fat in many instances. She even talks about one patient with an eating disorder and kind of how she was able to help that patient. And so I think Karen shared a lot of great info in this episode. A lot of great tips covered the topic well. Now we jumped around quite a bit, so I would definitely check out the timestamps, which you can find on the episode description on your app or on my website on the show notes. The cadence is a little slower in this particular episode So if I were you, I would turn up the speed, turn up the speed on your podcast app, maybe up to 1.2, 1.4, 1.5, something like that, whatever you kind of find uh, to be the right speed for your listening preference. And of course you can slow it down if you get to a part where you really want to focus and memorize something or, or whatever. So lots of great info about fasting and menopause. And without further ado, let's get into the interview. Hey Karen, how are you doing?
1: I'm great, thanks. How are you?
0: <laughs> doing pretty good. So thanks a lot for coming on the podcast. Um, and uh there may be a lot of listeners who don't know much about your background. So can you can you tell us a little bit about uh kind of y- just your background in general?
1: Yeah, well, I am originally from New Jersey and I moved to London to be with my husband about 21 years ago. And yeah, I've been living here, and uh, I have a family, two teenagers, a dog, a cat, and a snake. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I am a menopause, wellness, and weight loss coach, and also I do freelance writing, health writing as well.
0: Okay. So as a as a wellness coach or a health coach, you, you focus mostly on people that have gone through menopause or are going through menopause?
1: Yes. Yes. I, um, I had a long menopausal journey. I don't know if you want the whole story, <laughs> but yeah, uh, sure.
0: Go ahead and tell us, uh, you know, maybe an abbreviated version if it's super long, yeah. but yeah, just kind of, <laughs> uh,
1: well, I had an early menopause, so I started having symptoms around age 39 and I had my daughter when I was 38. So I didn't link the two <laughs> because, um, mm-hmm. You know, usually, what you think you're going to be a little bit older when you start having menopausal symptoms, and so I started having lots of symptoms, and I tried lots of different things and to uh, feel better. And one of the symptoms was weight gain, and so I tried lots of different things; nothing helped. And then I came across intermittent fasting when I was about fifty, which was about four and a half years ago, and that's the rest is history. Really. I, I just, I found my thing that worked finally and not just for the weight loss for, um, lots of, you know, health benefits related to menopause.
0: Okay. Um, so that was, that was, uh, I guess over 10 years later from what you're saying when you, yeah. from the time that you kind of started having symptoms related to that early mm-hmm. menopause, um, until you kind of, uh, discovered, so to speak, intermittent fasting. And yes. so, Have you found that fasting helps with specifically with symptoms related to menopause, like the most famous of which I guess is hot flashes, but there's other ones as well?
1: Yeah, definitely. I I mean, it it depends on the person and it can definitely help a lot, but I don't think it's a magic bullet. I think you have to look at other things as well, other lifestyle, healthy lifestyle choices, changes. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it can help some of the things that a lot of my clients comment on that they notice first is that the hot flashes start and the night sweats start to go away. Um, their aches and pains start to diminish because as the inflammation goes down and they get um, their mental clarity improves. So that brain fog and memory problems start to
0: improve. Gotcha. So, so it sounds like lots, it, lots of, and Oh, sleep, go ahead. Sorry sleep. to cut you
1: off. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> and also <laughs> sleep. A lot of people um, notice uh, sleep is a big issue with menopause for a lot of people in menopause and a lot of people report that they sleep better. And that was the case with me too.
0: Okay, great. It sounds like then that fasting can help with at least reduce some of the symptoms for some people. Um, and and when we say that, uh, when we say fasting helps, like, is that specific to a certain type of fasting schedule? You know, like the short daily intermittent fasting, or the longer fasts, or uh, is there like a certain pattern you've noticed that seems to help more with like menopause symptoms?
1: Um, I think it really depends on the individual, but um, I think generally, like I started with sixteen eight, and um, that's you know fasting for sixteen hours and with an eight hour eating window. And usually my clients build up to that, but, but usually when they hit that, they start noticing, um, some differences, maybe not necessarily weight loss straight away, but they start noticing their hot flashes are diminishing or, um, you know, knees aren't hurting as much, or, you know, they're just sleeping better. They're, they feel less bloated, things like that. Um, you know, the, the skin their skin is better. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, but, but I think it definitely depends on the person. Um, it it depends on what your goals are, what symptoms you're having. I mean, if, um, if the main one is weight loss, (laughs) which is, um, most people tend to come to me for, for weight issues first. Um, you might have to go up to at least 18 hours, but, um, I think it really it very much depends on the person and what else is going on inside their body.
0: Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So I let, uh, so just to partially recap and see if I have it right. So a lot of these people are mm-hmm. starting out slowly um, and like building up gradually in terms of the amount of um, I guess time restricted eating that they're doing, mm-hmm. like how short of an eating window, sort of, um, mm-hmm. and then somewhere along the way, as they're kind of working their way up to sixteen eight or potentially beyond that in some cases. And then somewhere along the way they often notice some improvement in some of the symptoms. Would that be accurate?
1: Yes. Yes. I think okay. um yeah.
0: Okay. Um <laughs> so why don't we uh jump back for just a second to um to your you were telling us a little bit about your personal journey and everything like mm-hmm. that. How did you kind of stumble into intermittent fasting?
1: Um so as I was saying, I was trying lots of different things. And um, I I guess I didn't at that time really realize how much, how important it was for lifestyle changes um, to impact your your symptoms. Um, And I was kind of just getting really frustrated with my weight gain that I suddenly, nothing used to, nothing worked, (laughs) you know, everything I used to do that worked didn't work anymore. And so I joined a menopause support group on Facebook and I was kind of scrolling through that one day and the subject of weight came up and someone recommended Jim Stevens' book, Delay Don't Deny. And I got it right away and I read it that weekend and I started fasting on the Monday. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um yeah, and I started with 168 and um The rest was history, really. It was just something that was really sustainable. And um, I lost the excess weight. I I, I didn't have a huge amount of weight to lose, but I was on the upward trajectory and I wanted to just stop it. So I lost about I had about 15 pounds that I wanted to lose. Um, And so, yeah, I I lost that. And I, I guess within, I don't know, the first year or year and a bit, and then uh, so I've been in maintenance since then and um but really what what struck me was how much better I felt and the weight was kind of <laughs> suddenly um a nice side effect, a nice bonus mm-hmm. um but yeah, I just I felt so many improvements in other areas so cool. um yeah, and then i it carried on, and I ended up, a a lot of friends started asking me what I was doing and and Uh, noticing that I had this kind of transformation and that's, that kind of morphed into my coaching
0: business. Gotcha. Okay. So it kind of happened organically. Yeah. Um, So that's really cool. Um, Jin, Jen Stevens was my most recent guest on the podcast so that's cool that you found her book and mm-hmm. sounds like you read it pretty fast over the weekend
1: <laughs> Oh yeah I couldn't put it down and uh, yeah. and also her book Fast Feast Repeat which is newer yeah. is great too so It was
0: like a Harry Potter novel for you Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um and then so you ta- you've mentioned about how you felt a lot better and you may have even alluded to some specific symptoms earlier but can just in case can you can you kind of specify a little bit like how, how your symptoms improved, uh, I guess the symptoms related to menopause and maybe others too, when you started fasting?
1: Um, yeah, I would say, um, besides the hot flashes and night sweats, um, just the, there's, there's a lot of emotional and mental health, um, benefits that come with fasting. <laughs> and I think sometimes people forget about that. Like, um, I just felt calmer and, um, Kind of like I had I always felt kind of a strong sense of overwhelm all the time and um, kind of getting stressed really easily about everything. And and that kind of calmed down. Um, and then there was brain fog and memory loss, which improved. Um, I can't say it's perfect, but it's improved. And um, sleep issues really improved a lot and um aches and pains. I had also some vertigo, which was very annoying, <laughs> that seemed to resolve itself, and um but just general fatigue as well. So I, I have to say as um just to be completely transparent, I I am on hormone replacement therapy as well. Mm-hmm. So um I I've been doing both together, and I think they work really well together. But, um, but, I I credit <laughs> intermittent fasting with a lot of my um, positive changes, health changes.
0: Great. Um, so, at what point along the way, if you don't mind saying, at what point did you start the hormone replacement therapy? That was that very early on, even before you started fasting, or did that come later?
1: Um, it was. Uh, I, I started the hormone replacement therapy, um, a bit before fasting
0: actually. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so there could yeah. be some overlap, I guess, in terms yeah, of, uh, yeah. in terms of reducing symptoms of menopause and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I think you wanted to mention this earlier, but I forgot to, to bring it up. Um, <laughs> um why don't we, just in case anyone's not super familiar, just kind of define mm-hmm. what is menopause and kind of how it works in general.
1: Um, okay. So just to quickly explain um there's perimenopause um which is when you start having symptoms because your reproductive hormones are declining um and that's mainly estrogen and progesterone and testosterone but estrogen is like the big one um and so when you're perimenopausal you're having you start having symptoms um but you're still having your periods but they can become quite erratic and um, heavier and lighter and kind of all over the place. And so you're at this stage, your hormones are fluctuating kind of wildly, but they're on a downward trend. So your, your, um, estrogen is declining overall. Um, and then there's menopause, which is actually just the day when you haven't had a period in 12 consecutive months. So it's really menopause is really just the one day where it's been a year since you've had a period. And then after that, you're postmenopausal and, um, you're, um, I mean, I, I'm saying estrogen because that's the main one that affects a lot of causes a lot of the symptoms, but your estrogen, progesterone and testosterone together, um, they, they stop fluctuating and they, and they just kind of go down on a downward trajectory and eventually kind of bottom out <laughs> as you get older. So once you're postmenopausal, um, I don't know, it it's possible that some of your symptoms might calm down, like, um, especially like mood, uh, anxiety, depression, um, rage, <laughs> things like that. Uh, <laughs> so, so it's like the decline in estrogen that really has a major impact on, on women because it's responsible for the smooth running of like every part of your body, basically brain health. Bones muscles joints, bladder health heart health skin hair digestion <laughs> i mean you name it um it's it affects everything and it's um i kind of like to say it's like an oil <laughs> estrogen for women is kind of like oil for a car, so um it's when it starts declining it really may, has a big impact
0: yeah, sounds like thanks i think that was a good explanation thanks for thanks for uh talking us through that and oh. that really makes a lot of sense how There could be a lot of strange or unpleasant symptoms when you have a big Mm -hmm. change in, you know, hormone levels in your body, things like Mm -hmm. that. So from what you've, I guess, both personally and with clients and just through your research or whatever, what have you noticed about like, how does menopause affect things like physical fitness, body fat, uh, exercise, uh, things like that specifically when it comes to like getting in good shape or, or what have you?
1: Um, I would say a lot of women I know myself included and my clients have found it uh, or they find it a lot harder to keep up with physical activity, um, especially because a lot of people aren't sleeping well and they, they've they started getting aches and pains and fatigue is a big symptom of menopause. And so those things, and also there's a tendency, well, not a lot of people, but not everybody, but a lot of people seem to kind of lose their zest of her life and their their motivation, and so it's just sometimes you feel like you're dragging yourself um to get up and motivate to go exercise and even walk, go you know for a walk. So I think that can make things a bit harder um, in menopause, and and as for body fat the decline in the reproductive hormones at this stage in life um, can make it harder to build muscle. And I mean, it's uh, sarcopenia, which is muscle uh, wasting or muscle loss. Um, I think it starts like in your mid thirties or, or um, quite young actually. And you really have to start um, working much harder to build muscle and, and keep it. And um, also the body fat, for menopausal women, tends to redistribute around the midsection, the belly area. So there are definitely some challenges <laughs> when you get to this stage in your life.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. It sounds like it's it's kind of comes from different angles. Like you said, like maybe the people might be kind of feel less motivated. And, mm-hmm. and if you're having trouble sleeping, then that kind of bleeds into every area of life. Because I know how, how much different I feel on a day when I get a good night's rest versus when I don't. Like, just so much more relaxed and focused and positive and all these things yeah. and that would include kind of motivation to do something positive to, you know, improve yeah. my health, whether that's exercise or, uh, better nutrition. Yeah. In fact, I'm pretty sure there's specific research that shows when you're sleep deprived that you're more likely to eat junk food.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So it, it's a, an emotional thing, but it's definitely a physiological thing as well. I mean, you know, you, your cortisol, cortisol you know, your stress hormone, is affected by lack of sleep and that also help. that also makes your body tend to hold on to the fat <laughs> oh, yeah, and, good point. um, and, uh, lack of sleep can affect your blood sugar levels, which affects insulin. And, you know, that's all tied in to how your body metabolizes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And makes your sense. cravings yeah, your hunger and your, your hunger hormones uh, kind of get out of whack.
0: Yeah, it's kind of crazy how much hormones can affect so many different things, huh? Mm-hmm. It, which kind of gets into that. Uh, we won't get into it, but it's kind of related to that whole um, uh, that whole sort of debate about um, what really affects like fat loss, weight loss, m- the most um, mm-hmm. in terms of is it just how many calories you eat, or is it other things? And it's once you stop and think about it, it's pretty obvious that hormones play a big role in that, and mm-hmm. insulin is one of those hormones, but also all the ones that you mentioned as well um, play. Mm-hmm. Varying roles and things like um, fat distribution and and stuff like that. Um, so, so you mentioned earlier about how you started answering questions. With some of your uh, some of your friends had questions, um, mm-hmm. and then you, that kind of turned into coaching um, at some point. Uh, yeah. So, what was that transition like? Um, how did you get into kind of how did you get into the coaching? And then, what has it been like um, doing the wellness coaching or health coaching?
1: so yeah so it it started pretty much like every conversation I was having with my friends was about menopause and intermittent fasting <laughs> um and because I had been through menopause kind of like almost ten years before my friends they kind of and I kind of got through you know got to a place i'm not i don't I don't like to say get through menopause because menopause is is you can get through symptoms and improve, but it's not, and once the estrogen is gone, <laughs> it's not like it's going to come back unless you take HRT or something. Um, but I, I got to a good place where I was feeling better and, um, I, you know, I had lost the extra weight. My friends were starting to feel the symptoms and um, asking me what, what I did and and then the pandemic hit <laughs> and I thought it would be interesting to. Um, a course on wellness coaching health and wellness coaching and so i i got my qualification my certif- certification um during the pandemic and um shifted over to wellness coaching for menopausal women kind of um gradually <laughs> turned it into a, a a career rather than i mean i still for my friends you know <laughs> um we still talk about it all the time, but it, it's it was nice to see that um there there's a real need. A lot of women are uh struggling and it was nice, uh very rewarding to see that I could help and, and um based on my own experience and then also the additional coaching um that I learned. Yeah, it, it's just been really rewarding and, and I think um a lot of One of the most rewarding things is that, um, people start to feel better. Like I said, they might come for the weight, but Mm -hmm. when they start feeling better, they think, you know, why would I ever stop doing this? I feel so great now. Um, and, and they kind of, I kind of work with them to lose the diet mentality and, and change. It's like a whole mindset shift and, um, it's it's very empowering, and I think kind of sometimes when you're going through menopause and you don't know where to turn, you don't know, you know, where to get accurate information, and um, you're kind of just listening to people telling you that you should do this, you should do that, don't do this, don't do that. It's it's, I think people appreciate having someone who works with them and teaches them how to trust themselves, and and doesn't. I don't tell people what to do. I teach women to, um, to learn, uh, to pay attention to the signals that their body is sending them and, and, um, to tune into the cues. And, and then I think that's very empowering and it it builds confidence, which is something that is lacking sometimes in, in menopause. You kind of tend to lose your confidence and, you feel like you're at the mercy of everybody externally, (laughs) you know, the Hmm. fitness gurus and the nutritionists and the the medical profession. (laughs) But, um, you know, it's nice to take back the power and to take responsibility for your own health and, and um, to trust, you know, your instincts and to tune in and to know what's best for your body because you know, your body best. Yeah. So in that sense, it's been very rewarding.
0: Very cool. Um, sounds like a really interesting journey. Now you talked a a bit about mindset and things like that, Mm -hmm. but getting down to like a practical mechanical level, um, what are some of the main like tools and techniques that you kind of use, um, to, to help your clients? Um, I know fasting is part of it, but I don't know how much Mm -hmm. and, and kind of what else you do. And, and you talked a little bit about how you approach fasting, but can you just kind of give us an overview about, um, what are some of the main approaches that you take when you're helping your your uh coaching clients.
1: Um but usually I I start most of the people are coming to me because they want to learn intermittent fasting because they've mm-hmm. tried everything else and nothing else is is working. Okay. Um so I I they, I have some people who have dabbled in it, but most people I start right at the beginning and um, with like a very basic um learn how to intermittent fast program um and so i'll just teach them the basics of um you know like clean fasting you only drink water black coffee black tea um and the you know just tell them for example you for like you stop at dinner time seven o'clock for example and then try to go until seven o'clock the next morning and that's your first fast and Mm -hmm. it's it's just it's very simple and very basic i like to keep it simple and easy and um i i focus on just getting the fasting going and then so we start usually with 12 hours and then i suggest that they extend it for like uh, by like 15 to 30 minutes every day um until they can get to about a 16 hour fast and not even to pay attention to what they're eating or anything like that. Or a lot of people are, are, um, concerned, you know, that I'm not telling them what to eat. (laughs) Um, (laughs) or a a lot of people are used to counting calories and things like that. And they ask about that. And in, I'd Mm -hmm. say the first four to six weeks, um, it's best just to focus on learning how to fast and, and, um, learning how to trust yourself and learning how to pay attention um you know to how you're feeling. So I also have a journal that they that I have them keep where they can um write down how they felt, you know, during their fast and how they felt after they opened their window and what they opened their window with. Um and what how you know what they ate the night before when they closed their window, when they when they started fasting. Um so, kind of looking at all these points in the cycle of in the 24 hours where you might you know, for example, when you open your window and you eat and then suddenly you feel like you can't keep your eyes open, what do you you know try to figure out what made that happen, why that might be happening? and um, so while I don't suggest foods, specific things to eat, I try to help people work it out for themselves like, so they can see, oh, I had a a bagel and then I couldn't keep my eyes open. Hmm. Maybe I should try something different. Maybe I should try scrambled eggs tomorrow or, you know, so that kind of thing, just really learning how to tune into what your body is telling you. And, um, and then we just, usually it's like four weeks. We, we just focus on that and then four or five weeks and, um, yeah, we just work on mindset and, and troubleshoot every week and look at, you know, how they were feeling based on how long they fasted, what they ate and, uh, stuff like that. And, and also there's also like little hacks that, that a lot of people don't know about in terms of, um, why they might've felt like they were white knuckling it to the end of their fast, you know, like maybe their electrolytes were not balanced or something like that. So a little salt under the tongue might, might solve that problem or mineral water, um, or trace mineral drops, which don't break the fast. So um, I kind of try to teach them also which how to how to recognize hunger signals and how to know whether it's um, whether they can push through or or whether they should just eat because it's not like um, it's definitely being kind to yourself. It's not it's not about uh, being militant and uh, torturing yourself. <laughs> so um, you know I. I I kind of help people learn when to know, you know, like if you, for example, if, if you, if you feel like your stomach's growling, you can probably push through. Um, but if you feel like you're dizzy and nauseous um, or shaky, then you should probably eat. <laughs> so there, there's like different levels of hunger. And, and so I teach them those little tips as well. And yeah. And just really work a lot on the mindset and also the, uh, the weighing, uh, we talk about measurements, um, ways to measure success besides the scale, because well, I'm talking about losing weight and lose, you know, um, I don't necessarily, sometimes, sometimes that's not a great indicator. <laughs> your weight isn't a great indicator of, of your success. So it's important to talk about other ways that you can measure success too. Um, and, and celebrate your wins and, and, uh, kind of every time we meet, we talk about what wins, what successes you've had, and that might not have anything to do with your weight. (laughs) You know, it could be, you had the energy to go for a run or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. That's a lot of, a lot of great information that you just shared, um, like that a lot. So I like, the, for example, the emphasis on mindset, simplicity, kind of easing into it, um, journaling so you can kind of keep track of, uh, of things and kind of notice things. Um, sounds, sounds really helpful. Uh, so as you've gone through this, uh, what have you noticed that, what are, so, are kind of some of the differences? Say there's somebody out there who's already gone through menopause or maybe they're mm-hmm. in the process of going through menopause. Um, what are some of the differences and maybe how they should approach intermittent fasting versus other people? And of course, maybe you've already kind of alluded to this just by explaining all that stuff you did Mm -hmm. (laughs) right now about, um, you know, how you approach your coaching and everything. Maybe that kind of encompasses some of those differences, but what would you say are some of the differences in how someone might want to approach fasting, um, in that stage of life?
1: Um, yeah, actually I didn't, um, I talked about fasting in my program, but also, um, just very quickly, the coaching. I also, after we get the fasting under, you know, our belt, we talk about, it, it feeds into making sure you're getting good quality sleep and managing your stress levels. And then we talk about more about good gut health and nutrition and, uh, making sure you get physical activity. And, um, that's the reason I'm mentioning that is because it is super important, um, for menopausal women to, to, um, address all these, I call them the four pillars of menopausal health the, um, the sleep, stress management, gut health, and physical activity. And um, the fasting kind of paves the way and makes it so much easier to address all those other things. So, um, sorry to backtrack.
0: No, that's okay. <laughs> so,
1: so um, what I would say is the biggest difference is I think like when you're still perimenopausal, And you're having your periods, um, you may need to tune in more with your cycle and fast accordingly. And I know you talked about this in one of your previous episodes as well. Um, So women might find it harder to do the more challenging fasts, like between the time that they ovulate and leading up to their period. But then once you start your period and until your next ovulation is Going to be maybe easier to do the longer fasts um, due to your hormone levels, and and so I think you just if you're perimenopausal, you still have to kind of pay attention to those to what's going on with your cycle. And one of the challenges can be that you don't know what <laughs> what's happening with your cycle because it's all over the place. Right. So um, you just might have to pay closer attention to how you're feeling as opposed to what the calendar is saying. <laughs> um, but then, once you're postmenopausal and you're not having the cycles anymore um you have a bit more freedom to to do the more challenging fasts when you feel up to it, you know anytime you feel up to it and um I think that's the main difference between post menopause and perimenopause and and um and how you should fast or how you approach fasting um just that the cycling um when you're postmenopausal I guess you're more um i don't want to say uh, like men <laughs> in in the sense that uh <laughs> you don't you i don't i don't know as far as I know you can just fast the same <laughs> based on you know how you're feeling and i you know obviously it's based on your physical activity and lots of other things but um my my main advice is usually just pay attention to how you're feeling and and let your body guide you. <laughs> and aside from that, um, I would just say I, I think it's important to ease into fasting maybe a bit more gradually when you're menopausal. Um, because a lot of people are more sensitive to um lots of things like digestive issues might crop up more easily. Um, or some people if they over, you know, if they jump in too if they do too much too soon, they might it might um affect their anxiety levels or, or stress levels. And, and um, then they might want to quit <laughs> um, or it might affect their ability to deal with stress if, if they jump in, you know, at the deep end. <laughs> so I think I, I would just say it's better to take it really easy at first and um, really, really pay attention to how you're feeling and, and uh, take the cues from your body. And, and I, I don't know. I always, I think in the beginning, especially uh, journaling is a really good way to do that Um, as much as I'd like to keep it simple um, and and I you know once you get the hang of it I don't think journaling is necessary Um, some people enjoy it and they like to do it continue doing it Um, but once you just start to find patterns and and see how certain things are affecting you um, it just becomes second sense I think second sense sixth sense (laughs) Second, <laughs> second nature.
0: Second nature sixth sense. Yeah, <laughs> <Sorry. I guess. laughs> I've
1: never been good at uh, idioms.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: So yeah,
0: yeah that that makes a lot of sense. Um, what you were saying there, and that's it's a little bit funny in a way to think that I'm sure this isn't totally a true statement, but it's it starts to sound almost like in some ways fasting after menopause is easier than fasting before menopause, <laughs> just because mm-hmm. you don't have to worry as much about uh, the time of the month or whatever. Um, but there are also some additional challenges as you've Mm -hmm. explained. Um, so maybe that kind of balances out to an extent. Um, but yeah, so like the schedule is a little bit different than uh, for Mm -hmm. someone who's already gone through through menopause basically. Um, so with the clients that you've worked with, you've told us a little bit about your own experiences and things, Mm -hmm. but can you think of any either kind of broad observations or specific stories of clients that you've worked with, that have been kind of cool or kind of interesting, some kind of success story or a specific challenge that they had, that you figured out a way to help them through or, or anything like that. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but <laughs> <laughs> just any observations you want to give about people, you, people you've worked with, what they've accomplished uh, and that sort of thing.
1: Um, I have one woman who had, she's menopausal, um, She had a history of eating disorders and um, usually you don't recommend people to fast if they have an eating disorder currently. Um, But this woman was, had history. And so she had, she had a very um, troubled relationship with food uh, or (laughs) challenging relationship with food. And, um, but she wanted to, she was gaining weight and she, she was told by her doctor that that she needed to um drop some weight and and so she had never actually dieted in the traditional sense because she was because she had disordered eating in the past she was afraid <laughs> to to kind of um to do any kind of a diet as an adult so but she thought she she found that intermittent fasting was liberating because nobody it wasn't prescriptive in terms of it was it in terms of nobody was telling her what to eat or um not to eat something you know don't eat that piece of cake or or um you know you're eating something that's fattening or or um it was all just it just stripped away um all of the mental chatter about food for her and um for her, it was very much um emotional, like an emotional breakthrough <laughs> and uh it helped with her she was having brain fog and um anxiety and and something about the, the change um i I don't know if it was a combination of the mental and the physiological changes that intermittent fasting um, was responsible for, but she she had she kind of transformed she was able to lose weight and start loving herself, which I think is really important. Um, and, and not being kind of afraid of food. And, and, um, I know this is not totally menopause related, but, um, Mm -hmm. the knock on effect was that it helped her menopausal symptoms like, um, anxiety and, and, um, a lot of the, um, emotional symptoms like anxiety and depression and, and uh, mood swings and things like that. Um, But it also helped her lose weight and um, reduced her hot flashes. And and, uh, she became more active and she became a yoga instructor actually. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it really opened up her world it changed her whole world. Um, That's one kind of real success story. And then yeah just other people you know people who have had insomnia um i've had a couple of people who have had chronic insomnia and nothing worked and they tried everything and then um they started intermittent fasting and suddenly they had their best night's sleep you know in years Mm -hmm. when they started um so i've had a couple of people who've had major sleep changes really incredible change uh transformations with their sleep um lots of people have had uh digestive changes a lot of uh, bloating issues in menopause is uh, um and digestion problems can be a real um one of the major symptoms and um yeah like uh people with ibs and um irritable bowel syndrome and um and just feeling like every time they ate, they were, felt bloated afterwards. And and then um after they started fasting, it just kind of resolved. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, and then some of my my own <laughs> personal right, um, right. successes too, which I already talked about. So
0: very cool. Yeah, those are some pretty cool yeah. um, you know, specific stories and then kind of general observations as well. It's mm-hmm. uh, interesting how the, the timing of food in the day can impact a lot of different things. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Wh- like something like hot flashes or being able to sleep at night after menopause and, mm-hmm. and, and and a lot of the other things that you mentioned, the bloating, this and that and the other. So mm-hmm. there's it's kind of a long list of, of different things, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: It's, yeah, can, it's usually um, – usually it's not just one thing, but people sometimes don't realize it until <laughs> – afterwards that it was more than one thing <laughs> that was bothering them. Um, you know, like achy joints, they didn't associate that with
0: menopause. Right. Until you could think of then, it just as getting older or something like yeah, that.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, the, um, the fasting helps with inflammation. And then so suddenly, you know, joints aren't aching anymore.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. That was interesting how you brought up the eating disorders. Um hmm I think, and this isn't like medical advice or anything official, but just from my general kind of observations, like obviously if you have anorexia, no one should be encouraging you to fast because right. then you're underweight and all that. And then bulimia would be a little risky, obviously, because it's like the binge and restrict, binge and purge mm-hmm. kind of mindset, which yeah, just like sure. just like they can use exercise to excess, they could use fasting to excess and, mm-hmm. and so forth or vomiting or laxatives or whatever. Um, but, uh, specifically binge eating disorder, which it, I believe is the most common of all eating disorders, um, which is just kind of, fe- you know, getting out of control with like overeating, especially junk food and stuff. Sometimes, mm-hmm. um, I've found both in my personal experience and some other people that I've talked to that, that fasting kind of helps people feel more in control, with that. Yeah. Um, so that is an example of where it's not like, not necessarily an across the board statement that if you have a quote eating disorder that you can't do fasting, it just depends on the exact type of problem and, and mm-hmm. how you're approaching it. And and the mindset of course, cause you talked a lot about helping your clients with mindset, um, around fasting and things like that. Um, and then, uh, I like how earlier you said that, um, there's all these like health improvements or symptom improvements. And then that sometimes, Weight loss or reducing body fat is can be like a pleasant side effect or kind of a secondary thing almost. That's what people are interested in many times, but then they realize that it's not the most important thing. Sometimes after Mm -hmm. they kind of go through that, Um, but have you found that a lot of your clients do get thinner or reduce their body fat or or whatever as they're going through that?
1: Yeah, definitely. I would say. I mean, it depends on the person how long it it takes, and it definitely you know it takes consistency and patience. Um, but yeah, I would say I don't really know anybody who hasn't lost any weight doing intermittent fasting. It's just, you got to stay in the game, you know, and, uh, realize it's a lifestyle change. Um, and it's not a quick fix diet. Um, it's a healing, it's a health plan and it heals you from the inside.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Stay in the game and realize there are going to be some ups and downs and mm-hmm. then, also, experiment, change things mm-hmm. up, try different approaches sometimes, if needed. Um, so, are there any other, like, in terms of someone who's you know either perimon- perimenopause or postmenopause, um, are there any other tips or suggestions that you you shared several already, but any other tips that you uh, wanted to talk about for like how to approach fasting um, when people are going through that?
1: Um, I would say the number one tip would be to ignore people who tell you <laughs> that menopausal women shouldn't fast
0: <laughs> okay
1: um, because a lot of I think there's a lot of mixed um messages people are sending and um sometimes people uh i don't know it seems like people in the fitness industry is for some uh, that's where I see it the most um, where they say it, it it screws up your hormones basically mm. and, Stay away from it, um, and and then you know I, I, it's just such a shame because I've seen s- like such amazing transformations. Um, and if people have doubts, you know, there there are plenty of women who who not only feel better but they have the blood work to back it up too. So if if you have a somebody who's doubting, you know, whether it works or whether it's good for you, for example, my blood work improved cholesterol c-reactive protein which is inflammation and and my um diabetes risk all went down. So um you can look at the numbers too, you know, for those people who need hard evidence. But but yeah, I and I I along the same lines is don't be afraid to try it. Uh, it's not I don't think there's any harm in trying it. Um you know, I don't I don't I think people just hear I don't know, the naysayers kind of, kind of scare the crap out of people (laughs) and that Mm -hmm. they don't even want to try it for a month or six weeks. And I really don't think in that period of time, you can, you know, nothing horrible is going to (laughs) happen. You know, I, I I think, um, I don't know. I just, um, I think it's worth trying it and being pleasantly surprised. Um, And if, if you don't like it, you can just stop. (laughs) You know, if you really feel like it's not for you, then just stop. Um, and then I guess just another thing, like I said before, build up gradually. And, um, I would say another thing is to make sure you eat enough and, and don't get caught up in the calorie counting, um, because that can be counterproductive. So, um, yeah I, it's I don't really think it's necessary to count your calories. it's more about eating good quality food and and yeah. um, eating the food that makes you feel great and and your body kind of starts to intuitively knowing what foods those are yeah and i and I guess just yeah the last thing start with an open mind and realistic expectations and you know remembering that it's not a uh, diet and you're not, you're not just doing it for eight weeks (laughs) and you have to lose a certain amount of weight by eight weeks, you know, or or whatever.
0: Yeah. All great points. Um, yeah, definitely the, um, you talked about not counting calories, for example. Um, Mm -hmm. so the fasting feasting kind of thing, feasting, meaning like eating, eating kind of, uh, you know, healthy food, good quality food until you're nice and full. Um, and, and obviously, if you think back to like our ancestors, like our ancestors didn't count calories because they didn't know what calories mm. were. <laughs> right. And most of them were not overweight or obese. Um, and then it's kind of funny, like the the thing about it's going to, quote, mess up your hormones, um, mm. the fasting will mess up your hormones. It's a little funny to hear that in the context of menopause because it's like, wait a minute, isn't that yeah. the kind of the problem?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: It's kind but of, but I know that's a, that know, That that's is it. said about both the older women and the younger women, um, mm-hmm. that it will quote mess up your hormones. And, and, uh, but I think in most cases, if you're approaching it wisely and kind of easing into it and, and you're someone who does have some extra body fat, um, then that's typically not something to, that you really need to be worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, well, um, I think you shared a ton of really valuable, useful information with us, uh, Karen. So I, I appreciate that. I'm sure anyone who who uh, listens all the way through, who's still with us now, uh, has learned a lot. <laughs> um, Sorry, I was gabbing and, a bit. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I'm just thinking in general how people have short attention spans these days, and so to get through almost an hour is is a lot to ask for some people. <laughs> no offense, yeah. any listeners. But uh, but um, if people want to learn more from you um where can they go and what kind of resources can they find
1: um my website is karenfin.net um and i also have a facebook support group uh called fasting for menopause and it's fasting the number 4 menopause mm-hmm. um which is basically what it says on the label <laughs> Yeah. it's right. basically uh supports women who are interested in menopausal women who are interested in fasting and learning how to fast and
0: um related. can just any can anyone join that group or is it like a special criteria uh,
1: um yeah there's a, there are some joining questions that have to be mm-hmm. answered um just to screen you know to make sure it's actually a woman and <laughs> um, okay sure
0: uh
1: just because it's a sometimes there are sensitive topics that you know get discussed yeah peop people mm-hmm. don't want to open up sometimes if they um feel like other people <laughs> um i don't know or are Looking in. Yes. So that's um I have an Instagram handle which is at Karen Finn Health.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and Finn with two Ns. I'll link to some yeah, of this stuff yeah, anyway Karen in the in like the show notes. But Karen, usual spelling, K A R E N and Finn with two Ns, F mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because that's the website, Karen and then that was also your Instagram handle. Um uh, Karen Finn Health. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then with my uh my Facebook group, which is a awesome. nice group of people.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, that sounds like it could be some really useful resources for uh for some people, some listeners. Um Thank so thanks again for coming on and sharing all your wisdom. I think it was uh, super helpful. Lots of lots of good info for people to learn about.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: The Fasting Well Podcast is not medical advice and does not replace the need to consult with your own medical providers.